0: Welcome back to Single Minded. My name is Hannah, Hannah. first. No, Hannah First. And I am the host. And I'm your co-host, Linda. Hi. Hi. We haven't spoken in a couple of days because you told me in the last episode you need a little break from me. But actually, you're in Tasmania. <laughs> I, did
1: not. I was in Tasmania <gasps> and I was so Busy that I barely had time to speak to anyone. And you kept ringing, and I was on a hike or I was about to go out for dinner. You did
0: answer. You did answer on a hike and you said, I didn't bring my menopause fan. I'm fucking dying. Even though you looked happy in the photo. So you said you had a story for me about rejection. I have a
1: little story. Okay. I just had breakfast with a friend who came Mm -hmm. to our New Year's Eve drinks. And you wait, just really quickly, you wore the did you wear that sequin suit? Pant suit, I certainly did. Okay. I need to ignore <laughs> that. Can you send it through? I will send a photo. Okay. And normally I'm a bit um, you know, worried about my ass that was quite sheer, but you couldn't really see. And I'm proud of myself that I wore it, arsenal. Oh. <laughs> arsenal. Big arsenal. <laughs> big arsenal. I felt fab in full sequence.
0: I'm so glad. Send me a photo. Am I allowed to post it to Instagram? Sure. Yay. Sure. Okay, who good. who cares? All right. Yeah, After good. After you
1: posted Celia lied, who gives a fuck? Zero Okay, fucks.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, this episode is I don't give a fuck. So
1: Exactly. I digress with this story. Anyway, so our friend, I had breakfast with her today. She had come to New Year's Eve drinks and she said, I have been absolutely dying to see you in person to tell you a story so one of the blokes there who was single, similar age to us, ended up getting her number. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And recently organised to catch up. He said, let's go to the beach and we can have a wait and see where the night takes us, which sounded pretty good. Mm-hmm. But women in their 60s are definitely a bit shy of just jumping into their bathers on a first date. So she said, yep. well, not sure about waiting, but let's meet at the beach. So they meet. Good on it. Yes. He has been shopping for her. He has brought a shopping bag with black shorts and (gasps) I know there were two sizes and a black T-shirt and he had the towels. And she said, I mean, this is unusual, the outfit actually fitted her perfectly so they waded in and they were swimming in the sea for for quite a long time. I thought that was pretty nice to bring her an outfit. And yeah, when totally.
0: They,
1: when they got to Did she back bring her shop- babies? No way. She wasn't getting into no, babies. They were just- so he okay. he actually went shopping. It was a shopping bag. Oh. He'd gone. Mm. Oh, we that's like that. Quiet. Sweet. How nice is that? So they get back to shore, and he tells her, just wait, I'm just going to the car to get something. And he returns with a little esky with a cold bottle of wine oh. and a few snacks. So they oh. sit on the beach having a wine yeah. until 11.30 at night. So they've been talking a long time, talking about their upbringings, yep. kids, jobs, divorces, whatever. They go back to yeah, his yeah, car yeah. and he, he drops her to her car. And when he drops her off, they did have a bit of a pass. She said in the car,
0: "They're both in their sixties,
1: separate cars, sixties, same age." Yeah, yep, And then a yep. lovely text, and I'm getting very excited because they meet at my party. Then a lovely yeah, text comes and, through and Mom, from him. Mum
0: is like, because she can't matchmake me, loves to matchmake.
1: I love a good matchmaker.
0: Yeah, you so do. then a
1: text comes through from him until our next swim, and it says, "What? What does it say?" Until our next swim.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I can see where this is going.
1: Yeah, I would class it as a meaningful first date. He made a good bloody effort.
0: Great first date. Great first date.
1: So she said he's not her, as we say, usual type, but he's quirky, interesting, a bit poetic, and yes, he has a very sexy personality, a bit like Duron okay. and Fowler. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> God. Little bit like that. I love you that we it's
0: like we we always get back to Duron. Yeah, I okay, know. sure. Sexy, sexy. I'm getting the picture. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thirty-six hours after that first date, she gets another text. It was so lovely to meet you. This is sort of roughly, but I don't feel there's going to be romance for us. You are on your own path and I'm looking for something more permanent. What the F does that mean? So she said she's actually been quite rocked by it and sort of second-guessing herself. Did I look more wrinkled in the light of day? Did I give too much away about myself? Is it my personality? Mm. What did I say to put him off? And it's actually, she said, been circling in her head. And she said, fuck him. I was quite happy on my own. He pursued me and he's messed with my happy head. So what do you make of
0: that? So the text just said, Reread the text, and I'm going to try and decipher.
1: I couldn't get the – I don't want to read his actual text, but the gist of it was lovely to meet you, but I don't feel there's going to be a romance for us. You're on your own path. I'm looking for something more permanent. And she said, we didn't even get to know me. How would you know? How do you know what path I'm on? What does it mean?
0: Yeah, look, so there's a few things that could have – I mean, I've done this. I've done this. So I understand – Sometimes you're ready to date but you're not really ready to date and so you go on a first date and it goes really well and then you realise that there's a connection. Like this has happened to me on a, I don't know if I've told this story, but I was on a first date, turned up, and he was ultra open and vulnerable and I had diarrhoea the whole week. So Uh you remember this, Mum? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, he would send me voice notes and text messages and we had this incredible connection on the first date. It went for hours and hours talking, 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 life stories, blah, 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 blah. Too much for a first date, but whatever. I went along with it. And I played along for a week, but I just wasn't, I wasn't there yet. I wasn't ready for Mm. it. And so, by the time we got to the second date, remember, he he had a very good reason to cancel because we went back into lockdown yes. and he had to go to do something at a farm or whatever and I just wrote back very curtly, I'm sorry, I don't do last-minute cancellations. And that wasn't because I don't do last cancellations. It was because I wasn't ready for.
1: So do you think he's. That still doesn't make sense to me.
0: It's got nothing to do with her. She turned up. You know, he put a lot of effort into the first date. I mean, maybe he didn't feel a connection, but it's got absolutely nothing. Mm. I think that if she had such a great night, well, keep dating. Keep putting yourself out there and keep trying and the right person will come along. This has happened to me. I've been on so many dates in 2021 and... Yeah, And then you meet someone and you're like, oh, this person is way more suited to me. I'm so glad I didn't settle for all those other dickheads, you know, like just let the universe, Mm. but don't let that stop you. That one rejection, don't let that one rejection stop you from getting yourself back out there because it's got nothing to do with you. You didn't do anything wrong. You turned up, you waded into the pool, you got out of your comfort zone, the rejection will pass, the feelings of hurt and rejection will pass. Mm. But we're going to get into today's topic. Yes. As many of the listeners would know, I don't know what has happened, but I've been posting people's responses to this podcast. Someone sent a response to this podcast and I posted it, and it's just snowballed into this bigger. Certainly, it has keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and and the main crux of it is the expectations that are put on you to live a certain way, whether that's your body, whether that's your job, whether that's your lifestyle, whatever it is bonnie who said on a previous episode who are you living your life for yes so there's a whole story series i have got on my instagram if you want to go and watch those just to see the context of this episode idgaf i don't give a fuck there's three parts on my instagram story highlights now Mum didn't really know what this was all about so i thought i'd send her (laughs) a list of questions she's 60. I'm in my 30s.
1: You know, I'm turning 61 soon. What the fuck? (laughs) IDGAF.
0: Yeah. You don't give a fuck. You wore a sequence suit on New Year's Eve. Yeah. And you were, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to start with these questions. I have no idea. Haven't seen Linda's responses as someone that's in their 30s that is on the knife's edge of, like, what am I going to do with my life? Where am I going? Like, blah, 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 blah. I'd like to know her answers, and I'm sure I'll have some responses to them. So let's start with the first question. Yes. This will be really interesting for me to hear. Now, just to give context, mum and dad worked incredibly hard. Yes. (laughs) You worked a lot, Mm. and both of them are still working a lot. All right, number one, do you ever regret working so
1: hard? So I really, really thought about this. Do I? And I don't think so because I actually like working and I had a job, as did you, from when I was 14. And the other thing I realized today is I actually don't like regrets. Yeah. I'm a forward looking person and I don't Tend to dwell on the past and then I thought oh is that my bad memory but I try not to Mm -hmm. so the only thing I wish not regret wish that I'd done is taken more time off when you and Alice were babies because Mm. we had a few businesses and it was a growth phase obviously because we're in our well late 20s and when you came along one of the businesses was running a pub with live music and that That doesn't bring back happy memories. I don't regret it. It was part of our life, but I certainly didn't enjoy it, and Rob was just all over the place. So (laughs) when you were born, I was home maybe for two weeks, and then I started Mm. bringing you into the office because in 1988, no internet or email, and you had to go into the office, as you'd say, IRL. Mm. Mm, You couldn't do remote. I had no choice. I couldn't do it at home. So you came in for a year And then when you started to walk and cause a bit of havoc, we discovered childcare, which I didn't actually know anything about. But then I thought, well, working hard gave us amazing freedom so that when Ruby came along, we were older and wiser and we went overseas for six months Mm. we got a girl who had used to work for us she'd moved to sydney and we said how would you like to come back to melbourne run our business you can have our car move into our house well she naturally (sighs) said yes (sighs) and if you remember you were in prep we took you out for two terms prep doesn't really matter and off we went to europe and we met up with my parents rob's dad Lots of friends. We met people along the way, and you guys were pretty bloody good, I have to say. And
0: by the way, there were no iPads back in those days. Six months with a five year old, a three year old, and a four month old on a
1: road trip around Europe for six months. She was six weeks when we left.
0: Oh my God. I thought she was four.
1: I know i know yeah i actually don't know how we did it but that's because we were young and we probably didn't think too much about it and also we weren't in big cities we really barely ate Mm. out We, we did picnic lunches and usually we ate in at night and that is a very happy memory alice says she doesn't remember a thing do you remember anything i remember a lot of it oh there you go. Yeah, it's
0: good. I remember a lot of it. I was 5. So yeah, and no, I remember mm. a lot of it. I I I distinctly remember so at my kindergarten, if anyone remembers at kindergarten, there's that green what's it called? It's like it's mo- it looks oh, like moss, yes. but it's grass. This just gives an insight into me at 5. So <laughs> it's the middle of winter I think in France. Yes. And we go to a Pond. It was
1: a castle actually, with a moat, a, a pond around yeah. it,
0: and it had that green moss that looked like my kindergarten playground because it was like you know the green playground stuff, fake
1: grass, fake yeah. grass, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the
0: woman that we remember, remember that woman we were staying with, and I said to her, "That's grass," and she said, "No, it's it's a pond." I said, "No, <laughs> oh, it's that'd grass."
1: Be right, Hannah. <laughs>
0: she said, "She said no." She, he said, "No, it's a pond,"
1: <laughs> and I said, "No, it's not." And I stepped in. <laughs> down you ste- went. I stepped into the pond <laughs> in my fur coat, in that faux fur coat, and I went straight down. Dad, dad just, jumped- <laughs> dad jumped in and had to save me. Oh, my God. And do you know I wasn't there? I don't know why I wasn't there. I must have been cleaning, but I wasn't there. Oh, you silly girl. Did you go down far, Oh, my God.
0: What about I remember? I don't know if we are allowed to tell this story, but in the same town you were having dinner downstairs.
1: (laughs) What it was was a couple... Lived in the house next door, and they'd rented to us the house next to them, and we had them in for dinner. Is that what you're going to talk about? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Tell the we were story. sitting under the stairs.
0: Yeah, and
1: well, we were sitting under the stairs, and we'd put you girls to bed, and suddenly this trickle of water ran down onto the table from above us. The stairs, little Alice, three years old, had wet the bed, and it had run all the way down to us. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah, no, I remember all of that. There's a lot I remember from that trip. But you did take your sabbatical and I'm glad that you have no regrets. And I plan to have no regrets because unlike you, I don't want to work that hard. But, you know, that's what makes us different and we've already – established that
1: I think you do work hard but you just work on different things and it's more creative than you know the mundane things that I've done
0: but we also have very different personality types so you like monotonous work and I only like I like I'm
1: not sure I like monotonous (laughs) it's just I don't have a creative brain (laughs) thank
0: you
1: (laughs) but you do because you write you
0: write jokes for this podcast your creativity has come out in your 60s maybe a little bit I'm actually going to answer the question, do you ever regret working so hard? No, I'm the same as you. I don't regret. I used to work in management consulting and I lasted about 15 months. It was my dream job. I'd worked my whole life to get to, you know, one of the top tier firms in management mm. consulting. And then I remember they sent me off to like a defense base in Laverton all on oh my, my own. Oh, God,
1: that's right.
0: And I had to sit in a room on my own for you know 10 hours and I was like fuck this and so I I pretty much resigned went overseas as I do um but no I don't regret
1: that was a bad gig wasn't it I mean it was a good gig but they sent you to the wrong place
0: there was no creativity whatsoever in that job anyway in a roundabout way I've ended up where I want to be and to be honest I lost all my passion for my job during lockdowns working from home was just i mean i know some people like it but i'm an extrovert i get my creative energy from other people so i found that really hard so i'm taking a break from work at the moment i'm working maybe five hours a weekish. I'll probably take three months off and then head back to work and as i said four days a week i'm a p- proponent of a four-day work week and i don't know how you feel about that linda but no, i
1: think it's great if you yeah, can cool. All right. perfect
0: number two what made you decide to have kids so young, mum had me at 27, and why did you have three and I believe you were going to have a
1: fourth? I did want a fourth. I just honestly when I think back I just thought that's what one did. I didn't really think too hard about it. I actually went off the pill six months before we got married mm-hmm. and we sort of seemed to be in a whirlwind but, you know, Rob, he is a whirlwind. Yes, And the whirlwind was met on my 25th birthday, moved into his house four months later, engaged after 10 months, married the next year, and at 27, I had you. But we had been night owls. He'd run nightclubs and I'd actually worked in a nightclub. So when we met, I think we were just a bit sick of all of that and ready to, as they say, settle down. Yeah. And then on your first birthday, because I didn't bother going back on the pill, on your first birthday, I was pregnant with Alice. And then after two babies, I think I decided I need to have a bit of a break and then I wasn't decided on having a third and then we talked about it and thought, well, we best get on with it so that there wasn't too big a gap between you all because there's five yeah. years between you and the youngest, Ruby. Yeah. And all I remember was that I really wanted a different dynamic to my childhood because when I was in prep, I kept complaining to my parents that I was the only kid at school without a sibling So I don't know if it was my pressure, but I ended up with a sibling who's nearly six years younger than me, and that's a very big gap when you're young, not so much now. Yeah. And then the fourth was going to do a fourth so that Ruby had a little friend. (laughs) Well, she's got you two now as friends, but I just thought, oh, she'll need a friend. And Rob said three girls, a female dog, odds on we'll have a fourth will be a girl. No, three's enough. Okay.
0: And um Can I also
1: say twenty-seven, I don't know, might sound young to you, but think yeah. about my parents' generation. They were you yeah, know. It's yeah, it's generational. Yeah.
0: Well, all I'll say on this topic is I think I do want to have kids. I'd probably be happy with one. I don't know, maybe once you have one you realize, well, I don't want them to be alone. So I want them to so whatever. But that is the exact reason why I froze my eggs because I wanted my young 32-year-old eggs to be there when I was ready. So, I mean, you had a friend that said to you that back then you couldn't freezing your eggs wasn't really a big thing and no. it, it wasn't accessible financially and all those sorts of things. So, we live in a different time now.
1: Yes, we look forward yeah. to fertilizing a couple of those eggs.
0: <laughs>
1: no pressure, no pressure.
0: No. <laughs> no, no, no. I think I think I'm I think I do want to have I think I'm pretty selfish in my lifestyle, but that might change over time. Who knows? The other thing I'll say, though, is a lot of women sent messages in saying them and their partners have decided not to have kids, and there were some really funny responses to that, and I think as you listen to mum's story, she obviously has no regrets, but
1: she just did what you thought you should do, right? Yeah, well, we were just, it was ingrained. Yeah. You met someone, you got married, you had kids. That's what we were working towards and I would say some of my friends who have not married and have not had children would say to you they just expected to. Mm. In those days that was the expectation.
0: Yeah, that expectation still exists I would say. All right, so the next question, do you think your upbringing or society or family influenced the life you have now?
1: Well, I've just said that it was just something you grew up having an expectation of, Mm -hmm. but I was thinking I grew up in a sheltered environment, so when I left school I hadn't crossed the arrow and that is Mm Melbourne-speak for (laughs) going to the (laughs) northern suburbs.
0: That means she's a princess.
1: Well, Maybe back then. I was born and bred Southside near the beach. Eventually, in like year 10, I took a train to school. But that was as far as I ventured. And I think I just presumed I'd meet someone, get married. I just didn't think too much about it. And life really was a lot simpler. Yeah. And I I don't think I had any great expectations of anything, really. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs)
0: You also didn't have any family pressure to do a job. That's something of our generation in terms of going, you and Dad, your parents weren't obsessed with going to this university, doing this degree,
1: getting these jobs. They didn't even follow what we were doing at school. They just left us alone. Yes, our group of parents put a lot of pressure on you kids. Well, I did, unfortunately.
0: A lot of people listening to this would, I think, would relate to that because... All of my friends, yeah, there were very similar expectations on every, and and the girls that I work with as well put similar pressure on themselves
1: to achieve and to succeed. And what about one of your sisters was saying, God, you had us at so many extracurricular classes. I mean, really, you must have all been exhausted between swimming, yeah. ballet, tennis lessons.
0: So I don't know if you guys know this story, but. Basically, in year twelve, you left you left me alone.
1: I said to you, "You don't have to do any dishes. You don't just study. You don't need to do study. anything. <laughs> just study."
0: So, so look, we've mum and I don't care anymore. We've
1: laughed about this.
0: We, we've laughed about this. So, I basically. I don't think entirely it was you and dad. It was actually the school that I went to was obsessive about ENTER scores Mm. and everyone around me, all my friends, it was actually just everyone. Everyone was obsessed with their ENTER score. Anyone that wanted to get into like, you know, to do this course or medicine or law or whatever, it's become a lot Mm. harder to get into uni. Dad got into law on like doing fuck all so you know it's very different these days it's very hey
1: come on give him his credit a student
0: no he told <laughs> me he likes he didn't have to work hard for his score no to get into no law. no no, that's right yeah I don't know if I'm like to say this wasn't he the president of the marijuana society at um Monash
1: University <laughs> well I don't know if he was the president but he was certainly partaking <laughs>
0: Yeah, he, was, <laughs> he looked like Jesus. I've seen photos. He did. He was a real hippie. I wonder
1: where I get it from. Such a hippie with long black curly hair. And if I'd seen him, then I would have walked straight on by. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you would have got the ick. Oh, Shady, absolutely not ik.
1: my type.
0: Anyway, it wasn't just family. It was actually just everyone. Everyone that was in the circles that I was in it was all about getting this score to get into this uni and do this degree anyway not only was I studying for the UMAT which is Mm. to get into medicine which I then didn't get into medicine and was extremely disappointed about so I was going to extracurricular UMAT classes to get it was it was anyway that was when you just said do whatever So, I would stay up until five in the morning Mm. studying because I was doing specialist maths and I would just do maths exam after maths exam after. Mm. And I would do that until five in the morning.
1: Feel so sorry for you.
0: (laughs) And then I would go to sleep. And then remember, I'd wake up and I'd get in the shower. I'd sit down in the shower because we all sit down in the shower in our family. We certainly do. And I would have a coffee, as I still do now, but I would have all my French stuff laminated. Up on my shower. And so I would then be practicing French from the moment I woke mm. up and got in the shower. All I ate for the whole year. Sorry, for the for like, cause you you start studying maybe like hardcore. You start, it's about six weeks before your exams or something like that. Yeah. You go really hard in the last six weeks, and and the school is like obsessed as well. This is not going to be everyone's experience, but This is my experience. Anyway, so I ended up all I would eat, and mum definitely was an enabler, (laughs) all I would eat was me goreng and Easy Mac and nothing else.
1: Yes, I had the shelves stacked.
0: Stacked. So I would just (laughs) go downstairs, Easy Mac exam. Whatever you
1: want, Hannah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then we have a theory in our family that all the Easy Mac and me goreng did something to me to my body because I didn't eat any nutrients or anything. I just ate Easy Mac and me Measuring. Anyway, I got really sick. Yes, and you took me to the hospital. Yep, it was literally days after my last VC yep. exam. God, it was so. It was good timing, and I got really sick. And remember, we went to the went to emergency and I was vomiting nonstop, and they couldn't figure it out. No, and then. I had to go on stage and get my English prize yes. at school while I was sick.
1: You weren't really up to it, and I kind of forced no. you to go. I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yes, you did. I'm so glad you admitted I did, to that. I, did. I get it. I get it because the hospital said I had gastro. They thought it might be gastro. So, I like, mean, you-
1: honestly, you are a little bit of a hype, and I just—that's oh. hypochondriac—and <laughs> I thought you were. Over-dramatizing.
0: Get on stage, take my prize, I don't look good in the photos, and then I'm in bed for three days and I just was like something's not right. So you finally, really this was the hospital's fault, not your fault. I was taken to the GP and the GP said take her to emergency immediately. Yes. My appendix was like close to bursting. Mm. So I really was in a lot of pain. I know you didn't
1: believe me, but I really was. At first, I, I have to say I wasn't sure, you know me. <laughs> Just get on with it, kids.
0: <laughs> and we don't get sick that often, so sure. that kind of makes sense. No. But anyway, I, I want to get onto the, the body image stuff a little bit here because – I remember lying in bed, like like if my appendix burst, I'm in trouble. And the only thing that I asked the surgeon was, will you be able to see the scar above a bikini? That was all I cared about.
1: <laughs> do you care now? Because it's a pretty good scar.
0: Well, he said to me, we're going to do keyhole surgery. And he ended up, there was no keyhole surgery because they obviously had to open me up mm, a lot wider. Mm. So I have quite, I have, quite a big scar above my bikini line
1: it's like a big dip almost dips down yeah
0: but I I, I couldn't care couldn't less care but less um, now. back then at 17 you do care about those things but let's get on to the next question what are the things that bring you the most
1: joy so this was the easiest question for me to come up with lots of things yeah number one my morning coffee seriously <laughs> just no almond breeze not the wrong coffee yeah. Yeah. Family dinners, obviously. <laughs> Spending time with you girls, yeah. and that includes my new fourth bestie to be baby Lexi. Aww. A good night out dancing. Yes, good one. Still I always feel great after that. A biking or walking holiday. Going to yeah. Noosa. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> did you see the news about yes. Did you see the news about Noosa? no clapping allowed
1: that'd be right after <laughs> shutting us down bastards yeah yeah pedicures <laughs> yes group holidays and that is especially when it involves a boat trip and yeah and the last thing is having sunday to myself so that's my list oh,
0: that's a really nice <laughs> list I would encourage everyone. So when you're thinking about how you want to structure your life and what sort of things you want to do, I think that's a really good question to ask yourself. What are the things that bring you the most joy? When in your life have you been the happiest? And then, like, it's in those times that you start to formulate, you know, the life that you want for yourself. And it sounds like, Lynn, do you have?
1: Oh, it was easy. So what are the things that bring you the most joy?
0: Um... I mean, everyone knows from Instagram. I think I don't think I need. Do I need to elaborate? Travel. I'm not a traveler anymore. That goes from place to place to place. I like to stay in one place.
1: Settle somewhere. Yep.
0: Settle somewhere and explore that place. I just love um, talking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I what love to anybody. I Love. I love. I. I a I love talking to people but I love doing the podcast yes both podcasts right. and I love chatting like to Joe
1: and- Oh I didn't say podco pod co- podco pod I didn't <laughs> say oh, the podcast that's Eddie. okay
0: <laughs> Dad has kind of been getting me into bike riding for what 10 years Yes
1: at least
0: and I'm finally have started bike riding in Thailand and I absolutely love it such a
1: great way to get around
0: yeah it's just I love love it so much especially outdoors I love anything in nature I love being in nature massages Uh, yeah massages but I think laughter is probably humor and laughter and watching shows that make me like cry laughing and stop taking life too seriously you know, when trolls on Instagram start telling me, like, you shouldn't be saying this, or you should, I'm just like, go away. Like, everything I do is to make, hopefully, you know, I just love to make people laugh, but also to get them to think a bit deeper about life, but in a lighthearted mm. way. Like, everything's so fucking serious yes. in this world. Yes. COVID's made it a lot worse. Oh, and the other thing that brings me joy is I don't check the news anymore and I don't give, a flying f what's going on anywhere and the negativity of everything has just brought me a lot more joy in my life
1: since you've been in paradise
0: well also thailand brings me a lot of joy you know that I it's do. just a different slower pace of life which i love mm. all right last question what would you have done differently if you were my
1: age really had to think about that because probably not at your age but maybe at 25 because we do things younger each generation, Yeah, what had happened is I moved back into my parents' house because I'd been living overseas for a year and I was thinking to myself what I would have done differently is I should have moved away from my parents a lot earlier and then not gone back again. I should have probably been gone by 18 and I literally moved from Mm -hmm. my parents' house to Rob's house and I look back and I wondered why wasn't I more resourceful because I actually didn't like living at home. So, I'm a bit baffled by that. So, that's probably the only thing. No, but
0: I'm going to, um, what's the word? I'm going to challenge you on that one. Okay. You actually went, you went to London for a year.
1: That's true, but... Yeah. With a bit of help. Your parents because they Your parents flew you over, didn't they? And then flew back to pick you up. Yeah. I've said that before (laughs) that we'd had a little family holiday away and then they dropped me in London where I lived for a year. And I Mm -hmm. moved in with a friend. So it wasn't like I was very resourceful. And yes, they came back on (laughs) their way home and picked me up. So yes, baffled. (laughs) Baffled.
0: Well, that was all the questions that I had. This is only kind of our intro episode to this whole topic. We're going to deep dive on, you know, leaving the rat race and body image and dating and all the stuff that came up in all your messages. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for sending them all through. All right. Well, I am actually sick of talking now. That was enough for me for today.
1: And we will see everyone in two weeks.
0: If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything.